Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by Jake Richings. Hi, Jake. What are you up to right now? Hi, Amy. Uh, I'm doing well. I'm very busy engaging young people with their futures at the moment. And what does that mean? So a lot of young people are unsure about what they want to do when they leave school, when they leave university, um, even when they start their careers. Uh, and, And that was certainly a position I was in. Um, So for me, engaging young people with their futures is about helping them take the steps of their own like motivation, not because we're forcing them to do a certain path or to to go in a certain direction, but really inspiring them to do their own thing. Um, And that engagement can be lots of lots and lots of different ways. Uh, My work spans a lot of different areas as well. So it's uh, it's never like a one size fits all. And how are you engaging them? What, where, where are you sort of talk, speaking with them? So I speak at schools, colleges and universities. That's one big chunk of my work. Um, so whether it's keynotes, I, I do some workshops as well, mainly around how to find a career you love, especially when you have no idea what that might be. Um, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I, I certainly remember being 18 years old, leaving school with no idea what I wanted to do with my career. Um, or, or my life in general, really. And I worry that at the time I thought I was the only one because all my friends knew what they wanted to do, you know, going to university or having a certain job um, or having a certain ambition. But I didn't have that. I think the older I've, I've become, I've realised that I wasn't alone in that, but everyone very much keeps it to themselves. So one part of my work is the speaking in schools, colleges and universities. Um, another more recent part is helping education brands, uh, careers in education and advice and guidance use platforms like TikTok in a way that is credible to engage young people that they otherwise wouldn't engage. Um, and, and TikTok is a really, really interesting platform for that compared to other social media where young people almost stumble across careers advice and it can help them. Uh, and I know from experience that you know when I was 18, when I was 21, you might not actively be looking for this advice to help you. Um, but with TikTok, you kind of stumble across it. And then that leads you down the rabbit hole of other careers, advice and guidance, and maybe even a, a brand new career path that you never considered. Uh, and certainly if you'd have told me when I was at school, I'd be doing careers advice. I just would not have believed you. Um, <laughs> and then the the last thing that sort of makes up my work. So speaking in schools, the careers and education, TikTok and I'm also a partner of a social enterprise incubator, which is working with a lot of young people to help them find sustainable employment and also sort of follow different paths that they may not have 
experience or may not be able to follow otherwise. So that's a very um, free, free flowing and a very innovative way for young people to engage in different areas. And I suppose you'd call it employability, but it's a very innovative approach to what is usually a traditional sort of sector. So you didn't foresee this, you didn't have the plan and you didn't know that careers advice was going to be where you were. And I totally resonate with you, Jake, because I remember leaving school and thinking, going straight to uni but the way I chose my uni course was I literally opened the book and chose linguistics it was in the middle I found five universities that had rivers because I was rowing I applied to them I had no idea what I wanted to do and even coming out of uni I still didn't have an idea and to be fair it was only until my early 40s that I sort of stumbled as you mentioned before on what I'm doing now so is there an easier route there must be an easier route. I feel like over over the years that, that I've been doing this, like you said, I never intended to be doing this. Uh, and in fact, the reason I started was pretty, I suppose you'd call it selfish. Like I didn't have the answers for myself. So I went to try work them out. Um, is there an easier answer? I think there's a lot of conventional wisdom that goes around with things like follow your passion. Uh, and I know when I was in sixth form, all of my A-level choices were designed for me to follow my passion, which was music, um, and one job that I assumed that I would do when I left school. Uh, so I took you know, physics and maths, uh, business and music, because I thought I was going to be like a sound engineer. Uh, and within a couple of years, I realized, actually, not that passionate about sound. And <laughs> you feel like, oh, I've you know, made the wrong choices, um, or certainly not made the right ones. But over the course of you know the, the years where I've been focusing on this, I realized there is some conventional wisdom that works, but there's also some that gets mistranslated. And when it comes to, is there a better option? I think it's more so giving young people the tools to find and create their own path rather than forcing them down any route or using terminology that, that gets lost in translation, like passion, for example. Um, so I work with a lot of young people, but I also work with a lot of professionals, like adults as well. And I realized that follow your passion is something that gets lost in translation. Um, just like if you were to go on Google Translate and put something into a language and then in another one and then translate it back to English, it, it wouldn't quite make sense. And for, for you and me, and I'm sure for a lot of your listeners, follow your passion means something very personal. Um, it's about the skills we're good at. It's about what it is that excites us uh, in a sometimes in a professional way, but also in a personal way. But when we say that to young people, and one of the things I found on my own TikTok, when I started mentioning things like follow your passion, for young people, that very much means hobbies. Like, okay, I'm passionate about video games. I'm passionate about football. Now, for, for you and me, if I said, what are you passionate about? It probably wouldn't be your hobbies. It would be more so about inspiring people to reach their potential or working in a team or those sorts of things and that's just one example of something that gets lost in translation and I feel like there are enough of those that the, the message we're trying to convey and engage young people with sometimes gets lost um, and that, there are lots of other ways as well there where you can engage someone to make decisions that are right for them um, but I suppose when it comes to is there, is there a better way 
I feel like there's certain steps you can take that speed up the process. Uh, I, I call them quick, cheap, and easy steps. Even though your career is long, it is difficult, it is arduous, um, but there are certain steps that help you get closer towards that. And do you feel that the education system as it sits currently is serving the purpose to help with careers advice? I, I get to work with a lot of teachers and I know the hard work and the effort they put in uh, and the, the passion, again, to use that, that word, that they put into the, the system, the schools, the, the students they work with as well. But I also know that careers as a, a sector seems to be like the, the extra one or like the, the conservatory to the house is, is how I view it. It feels like it's not the, the core thing, but I think it, it could be. Um, and some people would argue that it should be. If, if we ask ourselves, what is the purpose of school or education? You might get to a different idea than someone else about what that should be. Is it designed just to set people up for their jobs? Is it designed to help people think differently or to become the best version of themselves? I think whatever angle you take of it towards that, I think careers advice, guidance, certainly engaging people with their future is a very important part of that. But then again, you, you'd struggle to add in more of careers without taking something else out. Uh, and you say careers is more important than learning maths. Do you think it's equally as important as first aid? Um, so is, is schooling set up? Maybe it's not perfect. Will it ever be? Probably not. So having left school and realising that sound engineering is not your thing, what came next? So I was unemployed for a while after I left school. So for six, just over six months, I was not in education. I didn't have any sort of employment. I wasn't in any sort of training um, because I had no idea what I would want to do. You know, I, I was going through the job sites and just thinking, that's not right for me. That doesn't sound very fun. Um, until the point where money starts to become an issue, as it all does, uh, does for everyone. And I got the sort of like a waitering job where actually I was, I was cleaning pots and pans most of the time. Um, and I, I went through the sort of jobs that most people get. You know, you work as a waiter. I did door-to-door sales for a while, all the time thinking, this isn't what I want to do, but I don't know what is. And I was fortunate in many respects to get a like an entry level job in what was essentially um, it was just like an office job in an industry that I wasn't that interested in. Uh, and that was the start for me of, of thinking, come on, Jake, you need to be a serious grown up now and actually like progress in a career, even if it's not right for you. You just need to you know make some progress. Uh, and in a very short space of time, I found myself. You know, supervising a team I got to travel around Europe speaking um, for you know senior leaders of this organization on things like company values and all my friends saw that as some sort of measure of success you know I was earning decent money I got to travel um, I got a nice car you know that sort of stuff but I didn't feel successful partly because this wasn't what I wanted to be doing um, I didn't know what I would want to do, but this wasn't something that I certainly envisioned myself doing. But also because from a, a mental health point of view, things started to get worse. 
and I was working later hours. I was trying to, you know, prove myself time and time again. And it got to the point where I started waking up blind with migraines caused by stress. I was anxious about going into the office. I would wait in my car in the car park until the last possible second before clocking in because I just didn't want to be in the office. And I started to think, is this is this good and is this right? Because all my life I've been thinking, oh, you know, if I earn good money, then I could do things I wanted to do in my spare time. And, you know, a lot of people don't have careers that they like. That is, you know, normal. Not necessarily good, but it is normal. And the question I asked myself again was, well, what would I like to do? I still don't know. And I kept asking myself that question, what would you like to do? I don't know. But I couldn't stay with what I was doing. So I had to make the difficult decision to move on, but still without knowing what I would rather do. Uh, and then the next step for me, and I think the, the one that sort of led me down the path that I'm on now was I took a, a nine-month contract. It was maternity leave that I was covering, uh, doing a very similar job. I said to myself during that nine months, rather than just asking myself, what do I want to do when I'm older? The question should be, how can I find out what I want to do when I'm older? And that invoked a very, very different response from someone that wasn't really that engaged with, you know, my own future or what that might look like. So what was the answer to that question? How can I find out what I want to do when I'm older? It started me on a process of what we would call personal development. But at the time, I didn't view it as that. Again, very selfish, looking at myself and being like, I need to work this out because it's important. But without having this sort of stuff that we, we often see around these, uh, the sector we're in. So for part of that, that was reading books about things that interested me, even things I didn't really know anything about. It was more so how do I make a little bit of progress or, or find out a little bit more about stuff I'm interested in. I began trying a lot of new things that I had uh, almost like daydreamed about. You know, I'd always thought as someone that likes video games, wouldn't it be fun to manage an esports team? Now, I can't go from being where I am now to managing a, you know, a really top esports team. But even in just like a week of looking around, I found like almost like a voluntary team that were putting something together and I joined them and I started doing something that was out of my comfort zone that I thought I might like and turned out in a couple of weeks time, I realized that wasn't right for me. But I got to try that because I pushed my comfort zone a bit. Over the course of those nine months where I just tried to focus on finding out the answers I tried a lot of stuff that I was even remotely interested in. And I feel like there's a perceived, a perceived barrier that in order to do something for a career, you have to like it as a hobby. But I think there's a step before that, which is that if you have an idea of something you think you might like, you've got to take one step, even just a small step closer. So then I thought, well, I like video games. Um, but managing a team is not for me. What about making my own video game? Now, I, I don't have any sort of programming knowledge. Uh, you know, I didn't study anything like that at all. Um, 
but you know within a month or two months of youtube tutorials and reading a book i managed to make my own video game realized that's good fun i wouldn't like to do that all the time but realized actually creative autonomy is really important to me and so many of these experiences i got to put into these nine months of making a board game making an app coaching a football team and they all came together not necessarily to prove that being a football coach or being a board game creator or an app developer was right for me. But I actually learned a lot more around that, about what motivates me, creative autonomy, working with young people, motivating, inspiring, all of which you could say I'm doing now. Another side of that, so part of what I did was trying new stuff. Another side of it was actually speaking to people that did jobs I was remotely interested in. Now, again, I thought about being a teacher because like working with young people, kind of like talking. So maybe that could be right for me. But I'm aware that the next step of being a teacher from where I was is probably you know, getting PGCE, probably studying something at university, which would be quite difficult. Big time investment, big money investment as well. But even just through asking mutual friends, family, do we know anyone that's a teacher? I got six conversations with people that were teachers which I could just ask questions. I didn't have to apply for a job or go through any sort of scheme, just having a genuine chat, finding out why they like their job or if they like their job. And that was really insightful for me because then I began to do that for everything else that I had an idea of doing. Bear in mind, you don't have to be certain of what you want to do. You don't even need to have a good idea about what you want to do. But whenever you have an idea, it's, it became really obvious to me when I got to the end of this nine month contract that every time you have an idea about something, you just need to make a little bit of progress on that. It doesn't have to be a big step, just a little bit. So then I had an idea about doing corporate training, which was something I'd done in my previous job. I'd been involved in that and thought that was quite fun. So then asking through sites like LinkedIn, do we know, does anyone know anyone that is a corporate trainer? I'd love to chat with them about what they do and why they like it. And you got loads of calls with people that do corporate training. Realized it sounds like fun, but I probably need to have some more expertise to do that. And I just began replicating this process, which wasn't something that I learned in school, wasn't something that conventional wisdom really taught me. You obviously hear things like it's who you know, not what you know, but it's very difficult to turn it into action. And it became really, really obvious to me at the end of this nine months, that the things that had made the most progress to me working out what I wanted to do was trying stuff I was interested in and taking ideas and turning them into action. And that was conversations as well. And those, I think, are two of the most important things that I learned over that time that I still talk about now when I'm in schools. I still talk about with the young people I work with in social enterprise incubator. Um, and even when it comes to TikTok as well, there's still things that I talk about. So do you feel that you've reached your ideal career now or do you think there's more to come, Jake? I feel like the ideal career or the dream job is another one of these things that maybe gets lost in translation or is certainly not what, it, not what I thought it was when I was younger. So when I was younger, again, I mentioned that I had this one idea of what my dream job was. There's one thing that once I got, I would be happy. And I know for a lot of young people now, certainly the young people I 
work with and speak to, they view things like being an influencer or being a YouTuber as that dream job. Once I get that, then I will be happy in my career. And I realized more so it's, it's the path you take that might lead you towards that, that you have to enjoy. So the, the example I'll use with you is a bit different to the one I use for students. So with students, especially the lads, I say, if you were playing a video game, you wouldn't just want to skip to the end when you were the most powerful, you know, guy with all the armor or you had the best team and you, you know, won every competition. You, you wouldn't just want to skip to that bit because that's not fun because you'd stop playing when you got to that bit. You would just want to go through the, the leveling up process. So with you and me, that might be like reading a book. You wouldn't just skip to the last page of the book, would you? That would just it wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> so when it comes to this dream career, I feel like the better way to look at it is the path you're on. I know roughly where I'm going on this path, but it will change. Engaging young people in their futures is something that I wish I had when I was growing up. Uh, in many ways, I still am growing up. <laughs> But this, this path I'm on, I know roughly where it's leading to. That's going to take lots of different directions. I never thought that this time last year I would be doing TikTok as part of my professional offering. Uh, and I remember actually having a conversation with you about TikTok as something I needed to set up. Um, I don't know what next year will look like. There might be new things I add. There might be things I take away. But I know what it is I'm aiming for. So when it comes to young people in this dream job, I suggest just take a little bit of action towards what that might look like so that you can either work out, is that right for you or build skills along the way? If you've got a young person that wants to be a social media influencer, the small step they might have to take is posting every day for a week. That could be it. Or it could be finding their niche that they can add value to. If you've got a young person that wants to be a professional esports player, the first step isn't going to be being a professional esports player, it might just be joining a team that also want to be more ambitious with how they play. These small steps that at any, at any step you can quit if you like, and there's nothing wrong with that. You might realize just like I did with coaching a team or making an app that actually it's not as fun as I thought it was, or I'm not really that interested. You can stop. But by making just a small bit of progress and turning that idea into action, actually a great way to find out more about yourself, develop and work out what sort of career could be right for you. Now, there are still things I look forward to as maybe a perceived dream job. But the most important thing is, is the path to get there. And if you enjoy being on that path. Yeah, I love that. And what you're articulating or what I'm hearing is that it was the lack the void that you were essentially filling now for others to help others to find what it is that they're looking for in life, that you didn't have that guidance or support or, or as you said, you know, you felt alone in that, in that venture and, and we, we don't want to be alone. You know, we, we're social animals here. We need to have other people around us. So tell me as part of your leveling up process, and not skipping to the end. How does purpose fold into all of this? Like I said, when I started doing this, I did it for a selfish reason because it was what I wanted. I, I needed that a career that I enjoyed. 
And by trying lots of different things, I started to narrow down what that might look like. But it was only when I started sharing what I'd learned with other people that I realized that actually I wasn't as alone as I thought and that I have value to offer to other people beyond what my current role was, you know, answering emails. And that was something that kind of caught me by surprise a little bit. The way that I could use my experience and in many ways, one of the biggest pains I've ever faced of feeling stuck in a career that wasn't right for me to help other people avoid that became a real motivator for me. And even looking around now at the people that inspire me the most are people that have used what they've learned through their biggest pain to help others avoid that is something that really, really inspires me. And so I feel like it would be continuing to be selfish of me not to share what I've learned over the last, you know, five, seven years, because I feel like it is, has been so impactful for me. and the change that has happened in my life from being not in education, employment or training to, you know, seven years later, running my own business, speaking to thousands of young people, half a million views on TikTok, just sharing careers advice, that the change it's made in me has been so impactful. So I can't help but imagine what that would look like for hundreds of thousands of other young people to have as well. And that becomes the driving force within me. If, if I'm to become the best version of myself, I have to give away as much value as I can to others. Otherwise, it's just me, really. And that doesn't, doesn't sound quite as exciting. So the role of purpose was not one that I knew by name at the time. Uh, and I think as, as a young person, I'm not really, I, I wasn't really aware of all the books and the, the conversations and certainly this area of things with like purpose, which I now understand. But at the time it was more, more of a, it feels right for me. And I'm aware that it didn't feel right for others. Um, and also just sharing what I'd learned and, and helping other people avoid their pain. That now has become this you know, message of engaging young people with their futures. But the reason it inspires me and the reason that it makes me excited to wake up in the morning and do this every day is because it's what I struggled with. And I can still remember back to waking up in the morning and just not seeing anything. I still remember how that feels. And it scares me to think other young people are going through that and feeling like they're on their own too. Even if it might not be waking up blind, it just might feel it might be crying in the toilets at work because you feel you feel like you're being undermined all the time. It might be complete anxiety when you're going into your exams because you know that without an A, you're not going to university to do the thing you dream of doing. That, that feeling that you are stuck or cannot do what you want to in your career is debilitating. And I know how that feels. And I don't, I don't want anyone to go through that. Yeah. So what started out as, as you say, as not selfish, but a cathartic process, a process of just unraveling the the concepts for you and, and, and finding out and exploring. And in all of that trying and, and taking action, you have dismissed 
lots of things. And and that's essentially what you have to do. You won't know until you try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I suppose there's a certain irony that what I do now, I had no idea I would be good at this when I left school. If you'd have told me I would be speaking for a, you know, a living or let alone in this industry, it just would have been completely wild to even consider. And the the skills I use on a daily basis are not the skills that I use at school. And so it's natural to think that I, I wouldn't know. Why, why would I know if I've not done those things? Just like you can try to imagine if you would like a certain food. So you've tried it, you probably won't know whether or not you like it. And I think there's a lot of, there certainly was a feeling when I was at school that your career has to line up perfectly with one of the subjects you choose. There is no subject at school that's, you know, professional speaking. There's no subject at school that is TikTok. Um, But it's a case of trying lots of things, knowing that it's okay that you might not like some of them, but just making a little bit of progress is actually a really good way to then reflect and see what is right for you, what could be right for you in the future. And also knowing that that is always like an ever-changing thing. The one thing that will probably say the same for most of my career is this this purpose of helping young people with their futures and engaging them. But the way I do that might change. That might not be speaking. That might not be TikTok. That might not be the social enterprise incubator called Ethos VO. That, That might not be that. And that's okay. So what do you have young people say to you after they've heard you speak? One of the things that makes me happiest after I've done my work is the fact that young people say they've never heard anything like this before or that they, or that they assumed this was going to be like stuff they'd heard before. Um, and one of them, one of the testimonials I got actually that was really, really nice was someone that said, you know, careers hubs have, have never been able to help me because they always expect you to know roughly like where you're starting from. Um, and, and that makes sense. You know, for, for a lot of people, they have a good idea of whereabouts they're going to go or, or what they are good at or subjects that interest them. But if you have no idea, it's really, really difficult to start. You know, if you have no momentum, if you have no idea what you're good at or what you enjoy, very, very difficult to start. And that's, I think, where my work comes into it. And certainly that is what I think young people get from this and what I've been told young people get from it. It is the, the tools, the ability and the motivation, I guess, in many ways, to start to build progress and turn ideas into action without the expectation that that action is always going to be right, that it's always going to be um, correct, or it's always going to lead you to the next action. It's about taking any ideas you've got of interests you might like, hobbies that could be fun, careers that might be right, business ideas you might want to start, and just doing the quick, cheap and easy next step towards that. So for young people, it is, it is something different that helps you when you, you don't know how to make that next step. And certainly for the young people I work with, a lot of the time that is falling off the bandwagon leaving school because you don't know if it's uni sixth form or going into an apprenticeship or not knowing what industry you'd like to go into so you just feel stuck in your job or feeling like once you've got into a certain career and progressed 
there's no way you could restart in a different career, even if that was more fun. And those are the things that the work I do, the talks, the, the TikTok, the enterprise incubator, that is what that focuses on, giving you the, the volition to start that on your own. And it seems to be that I'm seeing a lot of young people looking for meaning in their work, which is not what ha- historically had been the case. You know, people were just looking for, as you say, the the sort of the monetary return in, in, and also some some enjoyment. But now the meaning, the purpose is really coming into play. Do young people understand that is is that what is at, at the core of their decisions, or is it something that again, as you have, you you sort of have stumbled across? I think it's something that has changed quite drastically over the last maybe twenty years or so, and I feel like my generation and certainly young people now, it's very clear. You know, my mum and dad went to work. It didn't really matter what work they had because their their purpose to call it a purpose was very. Um, it was clear in the sense that it was what it was. You know, you need to get a job because we have to you know, put food on the table. We have to have money to pay the mortgage. And I, I guess in many ways, I'd, I'd call it a privileged position where for a, a period of time, I didn't have to work because, you know, I was under my parents' wing, um, which is kind of where I started. I was like, none of these jobs, certainly early in my career, sounded like fun. It didn't sound like they were working towards anything meaningful. So I was just like, well, I don't want to do that. You know, that's not right for me. Um, and that became really obvious once I started, like, earning proper money. Um, like, nothing completely extreme, but it was it was enough money that I could have, you know, done that. Um, and then it just sort of became like, is this it? You know, this feeling that, like, this was what I was aiming for, and now I've got it. I don't know what I want to do. I think the challenge that, that my generation and, and the young generations have is that we're increasingly, we increasingly see stuff on the news about the challenges that face the world. And we want our work to build towards a better vision of the world that doesn't currently exist. And it feels like more and more that young people see their work as just not having an impact towards that because we don't know which one of those problems is like our problem to own. So to to use myself as an example, there are lots of things I could do with my work, lots of very meaningful and valuable causes. But I know mine is about young people and their work, because that's what inspires me the most. That's what motivates me. That's probably what I'm best at. For, For young people, they might not have that experience yet, or that biggest pain to know what it is they really want to solve. So I look back at my career knowing that in the last five, seven years, I've been through that, but I didn't have that when I was at school, so I'm not expected to know. But in the same way that I spent nine months trying lots of different things and working out what I'd like to do, the the best thing I would say for young people is to do the same, try out lots of different things whether it's different careers, even if it's just small steps towards them, or try out lots of different hobbies, try out lots of volunteering options. Just not necessarily to know if that's a career for you, not even to say, is that going to be a hobby you like, but just to get a a better wealth of experience, because that is what has benefited me now. 
I think the more we see things in the news about how bad the world is um, or, or how the world seems around us, the more people want to do something that makes a difference towards that. Um, I think that's only natural. But the, the real question, the big challenge is how, how do young people go about incorporating that into their careers, especially when they don't have experience or in many cases the right qualifications to have a career dealing with climate change or dealing with social change. So it's more so about finding, it's more so about taking the opportunities to find out which one of those is right for you, which one you're going to be best at, which one's going to motivate you. And what you're sharing at the moment has has sort of triggered the thought of using the the UN Sustainable Development Goals as a, as a guide, as a as a, a resource library to sort of say, well, which one of these do I feel closest to? And then using that as a, as a guiding force to help them as a foundation to say, well, you know, I believe in no poverty or I believe in climate action or I believe in quality education. And then that steers you into a space that you can then say, well, I want to have some meaningful change. Would that work? Would that be a good solution or an idea? I think that's an idea. I think one of the things that made the most sense to me was the idea that your purpose is inspired by your biggest pain. And I'm aware for a lot of people that is either something you don't want to think about or something that you've not yet recognised because, because of so many different factors. Now, when it comes to these bigger goals, certainly for things like climate change, it might be really unclear as to how that has affected you, how that is like the biggest challenge you've faced. Um, but for others, for example, poverty, that might be really clear to you based on how you grew up and how you've lived. That might be really, really obvious to you now. But again, it's this case of wanting to have experience through lots of different fields to say, what does life really heavily affected by climate change look like? And maybe experiencing that in some way, whether it's by traveling to different places or speaking with people that have been affected. That might be one way to really inspire you. But I think that would be a, a really interesting um, task, I suppose, or, or challenge to put to young people. Look through, these are the biggest challenges that the world faces right now. What do you think interests you the most? Um, but maybe as a layer below that, why do you think it interests you the most? Certainly if you've not been affected by climate change, if you live in the middle of you know, Great Britain and it's <laughs> getting warmer, even though it's only 10 degrees, you're probably less likely to be affected than someone that lives in low-lying areas or, or you know, a, a drought-ridden country. So the question is, why, why do you think that's the right thing for you? And I think that becomes, it, it helps you narrow it down to find out if that is your purpose. And I certainly think that can become obvious when it's certain social issues that you just know have affected you or will affect you. I think that becomes very easy to know, you know, when something is your fight, not to say that you can't fight for lots of different things, but to know where you're going to have the biggest impact in your career. Like I said, I'm fortunate, very, very fortunate that as a young person, I've worked out or I got to find out what mine was at quite a young age. But I don't think that means everyone has to. But I think ultimately there are the quick, cheap and easy steps of taking a bit of action towards your ideas. If you've got an idea that you think climate change is your thing, then how do you take a bit of action towards that? 
even if it's in a quick, cheap and easy way. That doesn't mean you have to go straight away and study climate science at university or the only way you can have impact is by having a career working in sustainability. It's more so about that small step you can take on the path to know if that path is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking about the pain and what makes you angry, you know, what is it that you are really, as you use the word again, passionate about? And that can be from a a, a motivating driver towards driver, or it could be in a way from, as you've, as you've mentioned, Jake, it's been a real pleasure hearing your journey. What's next? I have a vision of inspiring everyone to reach their potential. One of the things that I know is very different about me than most people is that I have this sort of aversion to things that we consider as normal. It's normal that most people don't like their jobs. Not really. It's normal for young people to struggle with mental health, you know, as young as, well, as young as school. Uh, And it's normal. Well, lots of things are normal, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily right or good. I want to create a world where everyone can reach their potential. I, I look back at where I was and the path I was on and think, would that have really fulfilled me if that was the path I followed? I, I worry that there are a lot of other people that are doing the same, that maybe settle for average when they could do so much more. And I know they're capable of doing that. So what's next for me is continuing to well, engage young people with their work at schools and colleges. I think TikTok is a really, really exciting platform to reach young people that otherwise we wouldn't reach. And certainly with the social enterprise incubator, I think there are some really, really interesting projects that we're doing across the UK with young people from violence reduction units, young people from long-term employment, uh, and even young people that have come through university and don't have uh, employment after that as well, to use them to inspire them to do their own work that is socially valuable. Fantastic. Well, I wish you all the best. And it's been exciting seeing the growth over the last year. So, you know, I'm really excited to see where the next few years go for sure. Jake, how could people get in contact with you? They've heard this. They think, yes, I need to reach out to you either to speak to my children or for myself. The place I'm most active is LinkedIn. Uh, I'm fortunate of being one of the only Jake Richings on LinkedIn. Uh, But equally, my website, jakerichings.com, you can see a broad view of my work uh, and if you've got young people as well you know I work with young people from 14 is usually the youngest that I'll, I'll speak to um, in schools right the way up to you know 24 25 when they're just getting started in their career certainly TikTok is a great place to send them Jake underscore Richings um, but again on Instagram and LinkedIn I put out so much stuff every day for free because I know that there are a lot of young people that aren't looking for this stuff uh, and certainly as a, as a parent yourself, you might know that if you recommend something to a young person, they, you know, they might not always think that's for them if uh, mum or dad's recommended it. So it's it's something that if, if young people are interested as well, there's loads of different ways they can find or even stumble across my work with the hopes that it, help, it helps them just take a little bit of action towards what it is they're trying to find. Fantastic. Well, they'll all go in the show notes. So I'm sure people will reach out in the way that's right for them. So brilliant. Jake, as I said, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing you what and why you do what you do. It's been 
Fabulous. Have you got some final words for the audience, please? I think the final words would be just the, the biggest takeaway that I had from the time when, the, the time I look back to where I, I wasn't the Jake Richings, you know, people see today. Um, I think that makes it sound quite profound, but it's more so taking ideas, even if they're daydream ideas or ones that you immediately write off as being impossible and just saying, how can I take the quickest, cheapest, easiest amount of action towards that? The next time you have an idea about something you'd like to do or think would be fun, how can you take action towards that? Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.